1039. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. For the most part, we played a really clean game on both sides of the ball. It is a handoff. No keeper by Gabriel. Makes a cut. He's to the five. He's in. Second and goal from the six. Major is in. Play action throw. In zone wide open. Touchdown. Braden Willis. Seemed like dog years many times. In some ways it went by really fast in the last nine months. And then many ways it seemed like dog years. Uh, it's like, when are we going to get a play? Pitch to Gavin Freeman. The heritage all freshman sweeping right to the 40. Spins. Still on his feet. 35-30. Breaks away. 20-15. 10-5. Reaching wow. pylon. I thought our coaches and players really showed that they were prepared. I thought we complimented each other really well, particularly in the first quarter. Nearing a minute to go in the half, play action over the middle. Braden Willis caught at the 15 to the 10, and he's in. Dylan's got it. Handoff major up the middle to the five, hits a man at the two, driving to the one, backing his way toward the goal line, and he's in. Wow. You know, we beat uh, a well-coached football team, bowl team that had a lot of experience with a, a veteran quarterback and an aggressive defense. Around Davis Pebble takes the snap, hits a knee, and that'll do it. Brent Venables will head cross field to shake hands with his old friend and coaching buddy Dana Dimmel. And the Brent Venables era at Oklahoma starts with a victory. Victory! is back final hour teddy let me hear tyler mccomas i'm hanging out newcastle casino today i-44 exit 107 tons of great promotions going on every day out here at newcastle casino um yeah it was cool to see venables get that game ball um you could tell it was emotional for him it's a long day um you know those coaches with all the recruiting and everything that goes into it out there on the field for four hours, or I guess longer than that when you include warm-up, and then right back to recruiting, uh, probably start you know, cutting up that film a little bit and start uh, grading some of it. It's a long, long day, man. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what comes with it. I, I thought all things considered, week one, knowing that it's going to be a, a bit of a work in progress with the new offense, new defense, I grade it pretty good. Uh, wasn't perfect, but I think it's a good, solid start to the season. Yeah, no, it, it was. I, I think most people's reaction was, wow, I, I knew that they were going to go fast offensively. I didn't think that they were going to go that fast. And especially early on in the season, I think that's going to be a big, big positive for OU early in the first quarter. Because you can prepare for a lot of things when you see a team, man. But not everything you can replicate, and OU going at that type of speed is something that Nebraska's not going to be able to replicate even though they'll have two weeks of film to see what it looks like. Teams will make adjustments against that. I mean, there is no doubt about that, and I'm interested to see what teams do. But I think OU in first quarters of games, 
they are going to want to run and they are going to want to get out quick. And, man, I think they're going to have a lot of success with that here in the early portion of the schedule and potentially all year long. Yeah. Um, do you think, after what you witnessed in week one, do you feel like Dylan Gabriel has a chance to uh, have an invite to the Heisman? Way too early to tell. Wait, uh, did you did you see enough? Is he going to be that type of playmaker? Hey, this is a sports radio show. It's always early enough to tell if a guy's <laughs> going to go to the Heisman Trophy ceremony or not. Okay, yeah, I he has more. He's got more moves than I, than I thought he did. Again, didn't think he was a pocket passer, but I think that he's going to have more of an impact on the run game than I thought. Now, I didn't think he was going to have a huge impact on the running game, so I don't know if that's really saying that all that much, but. He's he's gonna pull it and keep it and score some touchdowns this year on the ground. Like that that that'll be a factor within this offense. If you don't play the zone reach straight up, don't let Dylan Gabriel pull it and run it for for big for big yards. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's gonna be a big determining factor. Um, running game. If you know, you got to feel like the the more critical the games, the tougher the games the more of an impact he's going to be asked to, to have in the running game, right? Yeah. Um, he didn't look awkward sliding either, which was a good omen. Some quarterbacks in the past, when they've tried to get down and slide, it's like, golly, that is not natural at all. He, right. he, he, he uh, very smart of getting his yardage and, uh, and getting down, which, by the way, I did notice this over the weekend. I don't know, is this a new I, – I know it's a rule. I can't remember what if this is a new rule or not, but – the the, the the ball is down wherever you start your slide. Correct. And, and that's cost a lot of teams about two and a half, three yards in a first down. Yeah. It's I, – I, I guess I understand it, um, but it is weird. Like, it's where you start your slide, which is I – mean, that's it's really hard to, to – pick exactly where that is and sometimes if you're doing it around right around the chains becomes incredibly weird or incredibly difficult to to actually yeah determine that but yeah i don't know man i i think that i think with the deep ball that we saw him throw i think the offensive line is the offensive line is going to have big jumps in in how good they look i i think um, I could be wrong on that, but I think when Harrison goes back to left and Wanya Morris is back at right, and you may end up seeing Savion Bird at left guard, uh, I thought Rame looked good, Chris Murray looked good, Harrison looked good at right tackle. But, you know, that's why the Wanya Morris thing pisses me off so bad is because, you know, it's not ju- you're not just playing two games or whatever it is without him. It It sets back everyone else's – like their timetable and their growth at whatever it is they're doing. Sure. Like Anton Harrison, who's been really good, really solid, now he has to move from left tackle and go play right tackle. And, you know, we, we, we have to be out of sync for a little while while we wait on you to serve out whatever it is that you're serving out and, and wait for you to come back. And then at that point, maybe we can start growing together as a group. It's just incredibly frustrating. I'll ask you a simple question that I'll also extend out to the text line, 405-651-3439. Simple question. Did what you saw 
on Saturday change your thoughts at all about this football team? Anything. Better, worse, no. nothing? Nothing, no change. Okay. I still believe, and this is something that we've been talking about, I still believe this is going to be a totally different team in November than it is right now. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it better be. That's so, Something has gone really wrong if that's not the case in November. Right. Right. And, you know, that can be said for a bunch of people, but obviously Oklahoma's ceiling is way higher than most. Not impressed with the pass defense is the first response that we got what? on the text line. Yeah. Uh, that's someone just looking to be uh, upset. Uh, how, how are you not uh, – I don't, I don't even know where to go with that. Gave up no – like the longest pass I think was 24. You gave up – what? I think you gave up like 288 through the air, but they threw it like 40-something times, right? What was the – what was the final stats there? I'll, I'll look it up. They probably did because they had negative rushing yards in the third quarter. They had like negative yeah. 24 rushing yards at one point. They threw it 51 times. <laughs> 31 of 51 for 288, no touchdowns and one pick. Yeah, they threw it 51 times for 288. I mean, that is – that's an average of, of five yards – Five and a half yards per attempted pass. Five point six. Yeah, and then they yeah. ran it. They ran it thirty-one times for twenty-eight yards. Zero point nine a carry. Their, I don't know. Their longest I, I, run of the day was yeah. eight yards. So I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, and uh, the other thing, I know I said it before, but that quarterback, I think, in my opinion, is is really good. So. I don't know. I I don't think they're – I didn't see anything in the passing game that leads me to be worried. It, was it perfect? Absolutely not. But, you know, I think it's a was an excellent start, and I think that they're, they're going to continue to get better and better there. Hmm. The fact that they didn't give up any explosive passes and they tackled real well underneath. I know they gave up some, some plays underneath in the – uh, in the underneath stuff with with some of those those quick little hitters, but like I said earlier, you know every every defense has its strengths and weaknesses, and you know one of the strengths for UTEP was the deep ball, the explosive pass to the Tyron Smith kid, who you know they hit North Texas on a bunch of plays. He dropped a couple other ones that were going to be touchdowns. Like that's what you needed to take away. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna nickel and dime you. And have a chance to stick around in that football game. The only thing that would hurt you is giving up those huge chunk pass plays, and they didn't do that. And I think that's with 51 attempts to give up what they did and only yield 13 points. I think that's pretty impressive. That's an S take. Put that texture in the penalty box. <laughs> uh, we do need a text line penalty box. I like that. Are you asking for lame responses? OU fans on the afternoon show tend to find the worst of everything. That's from Toby in the Pentagon. Is that true? Uh, I feel like I don't this know. is a negative place from three to six. Mm, it was last yeah, year, but it was a negative place everywhere. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think there's listen, man, you, you can there's things to be critical of from Saturday. 
But here's the thing that you have to remember. It's the first day out. Let's let's grade them on how they adjust to some of the issues that they had. Uh, you don't grade this staff on issues that previous staffs have had before. You know what I'm saying? Like to say that you're worried about the some of the passing stuff and we've seen this before. You haven't seen anything before from this from this defense. So let's see how they respond to some of those issues. Okay. It's first week out. Uh, 281 area code, I loved that they tackled. Patrick says, don't you think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks we've seen? Potentially. Who? Uh, the kid from UTEP on Saturday. Um. Well, I think Yet all things determined. equal. Yeah, I think all things equal. If he was playing with, you know, Big 12 caliber players around him, then, yeah, I think he would be – Right on par with some of the guys that we see this year, maybe even better. Will OU ever stop loving zone defense? Teddy, they caught everything underneath. Zone is bad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, zone is is terrible. That's why every single team in college and professional football runs zone defense. It's dumb. They played exactly how I expected. Defense was so much more fun to watch. All the movement. And that cheetah position is dope AF. They need some polishing, but I thought they looked great for the first game. Yeah. Definitely need polishing. Uh, I think it'll happen. I think I think we'll see dramatic improvement. Maybe not week by week, but I think they'll get better week by week. I, I expect it to be better, and, and like I have said, and – will continue to say we'll be forced to repeat over and over and love over that. love that what the what we are doing now with our underneath zone coverage is entirely different from what they were doing in the previous defense and there is a learning curve and it will take a little while for those guys to perfect it i didn't think it was bad but it's going to improve dramatically 479 area code, the pass rush was trash. I know a lot of this is because we had to deal with Tebow's teams, but I've seen this before, and when you have that much trouble against an opponent like UTEP, it's not a good sign at all. We should have been getting off blocks. Not good. Well, I'm surprised at some of these. Okay. Well, here's the thing, and I I, I talked through some of this in the first hour. The I think the, the – the poor pass rush and, and some of the poor defensive line playing came in the second quarter, and I went through that drive summary where we we had those super fast drives that took no time off the clock, put 21 points up, and continually forced our defense out back out onto the field with no rest. They looked great out of the gate to start, and they looked great out of the gate in the second half to start. Uh, the problem, and, and this is something that we'll have to pay attention to to see how they manage it, was whenever they spent pretty much the entire first half on the field and they were they were winded. Now, I agree that there's times where we got we have to be better on the defensive line, getting to the edge, and putting some pressure on the quarterback. But I wouldn't say a day with six sacks, six sacks 
is a pathetic pass rush. And they had nine TFLs, by the way, and along nine with TFLs. that. Yeah. yeah. Statistically, it was, a, it, was a, yeah, it was a really good day. There was one play in particular, maybe it was the third quarter. Um, UTEP had one of those heavy sets, like you'd see at Kansas State, right? Where there's yeah. like one wide receiver and they go super heavy on a third down, and OU completely caved in that play, forced the quarterback, I think, to just throw it away and get it to fourth down. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe you wanted a little bit more spread out, I guess, but I still thought the pass rush was, was good enough. Well, and here's the other thing, and, and Venables talked about this in the postgame. You know, they did uh, a lot of max protect, seven-man protection against our four-man rush. And, you know, it's it's really hard to get through with four guys get through a seven-man protection. Now, you still have to. That's not an excuse. You still have to continue to fight, scrap, claw, get to the quarterback and affect the throw but you know when you got seven men protection you've only got three men out in routes and it's hard to get anything down the field whenever that's the case so um needs work will get better i think r mason thomas is you know that was his first game out there and you you could tell how effective he was going to be, but you could also tell how much he lacked experience. Yeah, He'll sure. gain that, and he'll get better. I, uh, I'm interested to see the sweet spot of running this up-tempo offense but aiding your defense quite a bit. It, it's pretty obvious to me this offense is best when they're going really, really fast. I mean, I, 21 points after just 15 plays of offense, that's impressive. But how does that marriage work week in and week out of doing what's best for you offensively but trying to help out the defense as well? That's something well, I think they got to figure I, out. They'll have to figure that out, and yes, I, I you say they're at their best whenever they're they go fast. Yeah, I, I think they're they're prob- they're the most lethal whenever they go fast. But I mean, I, I don't know. At their best is, I mean, it's kind of a relative term. I would say that in a in a in a tough game, like at Nebraska on the road, if you can put together a 15-play drive and cap it off with a touchdown, I would say that's being at your oh, best instead totally. of a two-play drive. But I, I, I guess I'm just wondering, um, they're capable of it. Sure, I yeah, they're capable of it. I just I, I just wonder if that's going to happen in Lincoln, Nebraska, where they put together a 15-play drive. I, maybe. You know? Now – the offensive line is they're going to have to get they're going to have to get way better and i think they will like i said i think that Wanye Morris being out was a bigger impact than i expected it to be um, you know frankly tyler guyton did not play great you know he did some nice things at times he flashed and you can see why they're so excited about him but he had a ton of middle mistakes and he looked lost quite a bit out there totally whiffed on the very first play of the game almost got the quarterback killed and it would have been a touchdown probably had he not made a mental mistake i don't know what he was doing it's like he, he had the wrong call he blocked a run or like he came forward off of the ball whenever it's clear passing play guy went right around him untouched almost killed dylan gabriel so like stuff like that is problematic um i thought i think anton harrison when he gets to go back to left, I think he's going to have a really, really impressive year. Yeah, should. 
But that, that is tough, man. Hey, uh, just move to right for a couple games, and then when we go to Lincoln, we'll move you back to left maybe. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. If it, if he can even move back to left in game three. Maybe they don't start Wanye Morris. I, that's, yeah, I get that's yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's another good point is I don't exactly know, honestly, what his future is. I, mean, I don't know if he'll be back, and if he is, I don't know when it will be. But, again, incredibly frustrating and totally avoidable. Totally avoidable. That's what makes me so dang mad. You end up putting everyone else in a bad position and and stunning their growth at whatever positions they're supposed to be playing. It's crap. Do that to your teammates. Pisses me off. All right, quick timeout. More from the – you laughing at me? I mean, yeah, I'm laughing at you. Yes. Let us know how you feel. I love it. I'm not well, complaining. I, dang. Frustrating. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush – Coming up, Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Head coach Brent Venables after his first career win as the head coach at OU. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. The Rush live on the ref. Uh, Wide receivers, man. You know, we discussed on Friday that Marvin Mims getting all the love, Jaleel Farouk getting some as well. Not a whole lot of people talking about Theo Weese, even though he's listed as a starter. And he had, what, three receptions for 37 yards? He only had one real big play. But that big play he had, he showed he showed some nice moves in the open field after the catch. Yeah. I, I, I guess it was fair to question what he would look like coming off of that injury. He looks just fine athletically coming off that injury. Yeah, I thought, I thought he looked solid. Uh, you can see his, his big size. He's tough to tackle. Big guy getting some yards after catch. Yeah, he had three for 37. Um, Mims was your your leading receiver, three for 81, and um, had opportunities to to have a bigger day than that. I thought he would get targeted more, but 
I don't know. I, I still, you can see how dangerous of a weapon he's going to be. He looks fast. Uh, I bet Mims is going to have a big year. Did uh, they target anyone else down the field other than him? First two on the, the first, uh, they had two deep balls on the first drive. Both were to him. Farouk, uh, there was a deep ball they missed him on. Yeah, okay. But that's it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Didn't target a whole lot of guys downfield, and uh, you could see the way they started off the game. Uh, that's kind of what they want to do. And as the as the season rolls on, they're going to do that more and more and more. Yeah, you know how Gavin Freeman is used. You know, moving forward is going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't expect him to emerge to a starter role next week, but. Teddy, that's one of those plays, man, where he was on the death chart, though pretty far down the death chart. But that play that he made, it's he's basically demanding that he gets out on the field more if he's going to make a play like that the first time he touches the ball. I don't oh, yeah. expect him to have eight targets on, on Saturday, but at the same time, it's, dang, after seeing that, like we got to get him involved more somehow. No, I agree, and... You know, you just keep going back to the the fact that they've got so many guys, wide receivers, that are worthy of playing time and worthy of targets. It's just, you know, how do you – how do you – you can't get the ball to everyone. You know what I'm saying? It's it's tough. It's a tough position right now at Oklahoma to get on the field and get uh-huh. opportunities. Um, Gunny of Stutzman's Army says, new segment, what irks Teddy or things that piss Ted off. Someone else <laughs> in the 918 says, Teddy, I'd like to apologize for missing a question on my math test in seventh grade. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> well, should you have missed it? And did it cost everyone else around you uh, on something that did, you could have did easily? Did it affect uh, the curve of the entire class? If so, yeah, did it affect the curve of the entire class? Did it stunt everyone else's everyone else in the class's development? Did it did it make it more difficult for everyone else to reach their potential goals? If so, you should be apologizing for missing that good question in seventh grade. Which, by the way, I feel like that is the tone um, around the facility today and the rest of this week, rather than. Uh, the sentiment after the game on Saturday, which is, yeah, for the most part, it was a clean game, and I was very happy. Like, do not think yeah. that that tone is going to be existent around the facility this week. No, 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 no. They'll probably make them feel like they play the worst football game ever for the next four days. Well, it is fair to say, at least in my opinion, that the offensive line was the most underwhelming position group on the field. No doubt. And like I've said that I believe that there's 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 a reason for that, but at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, I'm frustrated with the fact that it's it's happened this way, but it is not an excuse. You you still have to get out there, do your job, perform really well, know what you're supposed to do, um, do it with some physicality and and dominate and. It wasn't a dominating performance like it should have been. I think that's totally fair to say. Yeah, no, I mean, they they had some good moments for sure, but it wasn't the complete body of work that you hope for in game one. Right. I mean, when you come out the first play of the game, 
and you've got your best receiver one-on-one and he gets behind the defender and a good deep ball, it's probably a touchdown, but your left tackle gets beat and that's why you don't score a touchdown in the first play of the season most likely, yeah, that's that's tough. Right. And there was, there, you know, there was, there was other stuff and there was other guys um, that, that had mistakes out there. But I thought Rame, Murray, and Harrison all played pretty good. And especially Harrison, considering he had to go from left tackle to right tackle where he's been practicing all year, um, I thought he performed well. He, he's starting to look like a veteran, good offensive tackle where he's got good patience and, you know, he uses his size and his athleticism and, and positioning, doesn't, get, doesn't lunge at guys, doesn't panic. I thought he looked solid. Can't wait, and I hope it happens where he can get back to play the position he's been playing all year, left tackle. Someone, someone just texted in. Can we get a T-shirt that says "Weak in the seats, but a freak in the tweets" for OU fans? <laughs> <laughs> wow! How about that? That sounds like a uh, University of Southern Cal. A fan calling out OU, talking all this game, throwing all this shade at USC about their home environment, what it's going to look like. I bet there were some screenshots going on of the second half at OU against UTEP, huh? Oh, I'm sure there were, yeah. Is Beatenbow a Levi Garrett or Redman kind of guy? Redman is how you say it, I guess. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I don't know. Don't know the answer to that. Hmm. And since I don't know the answer, I'm not even going to guess. Skull. I think he's a skull. Long cut wintergreen. Skull. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we talked about this a lot all, all offseason. Yeah, offensive line. Talked about that. Skilled players as a whole. We wanted to see those guys be more special in one-on-one situations. Wide receivers, more yards after catch. Running back, you know, break that initial tackle at the line of scrimmage that gets you 8 to 10 more yards. Did we see that in game one? Yes. Skilled players collectively? I mean, Gavin Freeman yes. sure helped out with that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Eric Gray had a 35-yard run. So, first game of the year, we broke up. You know, the last two years, it's taken us the entire season to get runs of over 30 yards. That happened right out of the gate. We had two of them. We had the Eric Gray and the Gavin Freeman runs. 35 and 46. Um, I thought Eric Gray looked in in just week one vastly better than he looked almost the entire year last year. I um, it wasn't a 30 yard game, but I'm almost even inclined to include the Marcus Major touchdown run, the six yard touchdown run, just because I don't I I I feel like most running backs don't get into the end zone on that play. They get tackled at, like, the one-yard line or the one-and-a-half-yard line. He well, delivered a thump right. to get in the end zone. I don't know a whole lot of guys would have got over the goal line on. And, you know, he, he didn't have a 30-yard run, but he also had a, he had a 27, which, you know, pretty much everyone would classify that as an explosive run. Um, so I thought, I thought Eric Gray looked the best he's looked since he's been here. Maybe Oregon game was a little bit better, but I'll, I'll give him the nod on this one. 
I thought Marcus Major looked the best he's looked since he's been here. Uh, I thought Marvin Mims, even though he just had the three catches, I think he looked improved over what I've seen from him. Uh, Braden Willis had his best game as a Sooner, two touchdowns, was the best player on the field, in my opinion, for the entire football team. Two touchdowns all of last year, by the way. Already equaled that. Yeah. Yeah, he. I think he was the best player on the entire team for OU. Um, I thought, you know, Drake Stoops, we got exactly what you would expect out of him, a couple of nice plays, showed some shiftiness. So all in all, I, I, skill position guys, just to, to compare it, week one, I thought a lot of guys showed quite a bit of improvement, Yeah, which is what you've been asking for. And I know that you love Davis Bevel getting in there late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Someone screamed out in our section, put General Booty in, which got a laugh from all 30,000 people that were still there in the fourth quarter. Um, I was watching the quarterbacks warm up, and they were playing like long toss where they throw in about 50, 55 yards. And <laughs> Davis Bevel, I'm not kidding, it looked like he was throwing a effort to throw a 15-yard pass. <laughs> Almost looked like he wasn't even trying at all, and he was throwing it over 50 yards. It was pretty impressive. Flick of the wrist, gets it 65 yards down the field. Must be nice. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. we got a couple of segments left. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today, I-44, exit 107. Rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman cannot get enough of that audio clip of Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman after their win over uh, Cincinnati on Saturday. That's awesome. Hey, some early week lines as we start to look ahead to uh, week two. Yeah. Bama is a 20-point favorite over Texas in Austin. Uh, just real quick, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go. I'll take Bama minus the 20 here early on a Monday. Yeah, I will to lay the 20 uh, with Bama. Arkansas minus eight at home against South Carolina. Um, Spencer Rattler did not have the best debut. Give me the Hogs. How, who'd they play? I did, I forgot about that. They I played, in on it. Uh, golly, did they play Georgia State? Yeah, they played Georgia State. And 35 14 was the final score. Well, what happened? Did he threw a couple picks or he, something? That's exactly what happened, yes. He threw a couple of picks. His final line was 23-37 for 227, one touchdown, two interceptions. Huh. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder how those interceptions occurred, if they were bad throws, tip passes. Anyways, uh, first thought, take Arkansas. Houston is a three-point dog. At Texas Tech on Saturday, 24th ranked Houston, who had to go to, what, triple overtime to beat UTSA. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and I didn't see what happened, but Tyler Shuck's going to be out for a couple of weeks Ooh, from yikes. Tech, right? Uh, I yeah. did not see that. They they ran up the score on uh, whoever they played in week one. I forgot who it was, Murray State, but ew, that's, that's tough for them. 
Iowa State and Iowa. Iowa is listed as a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I'm questioning if they can score three-and-a-half points. I know. I'm, I'm sitting here saying, I mean, you have to take Iowa State plus three-and-a-half, don't you? Isn't it going to be like a six-to-three game? <laughs> um, you've got OU minus 32 at home against Kent State. Lay the points. One of the most intriguing games of the weekend, Kentucky, 20th-ranked Kentucky, travels to the Swamp, Florida, is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Man, with as good as the quarterback from Florida looked. Tough game to pick. Tough game to pick. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll take Kentucky. I, I think I'll take Kentucky. Maybe, you know, huge win, first first game of the season. Emotional letdown, perhaps, after something like that. It's hard to be up two weeks in a row. Give me Kentucky. OSU is an 11-point home favorite against, uh, how'd you get the beans over the Frank? Arizona State. (laughs) Yeah, lay the points with OSU. USC is a nine-point favorite at Stanford, ABC Saturday Night Football. Uh, What's Stanford do in week one? Stanford, they beat Colgate 41-10. Mm, can't get much of a read there. Just what was the bet. line to get? Fourteen? You yeah, said nine. Just hate nine. Bet. Stanford plus nine. It's a way to do it. <sighs> I I'm not gonna let my emotions get in the middle of this. I would probably lay the nine with USC. Nebraska is a 22 point favorite at home against Georgia Southern. Me likes uh, Georgia take, Southern. Yeah, Georgia Southern, please. <laughs> Maybe straight up. I, you never know. Uh, Baylor and BYU, that's a fascinating game. 9-15 yeah. Central Time is that start. What? Yeah. Shut up. 9-15 locally here. 10th-ranked Baylor, 25th-ranked BYU, BYU minus 3.5. This is a hard game to pick. What the hell kind of a start time is that? I don't know because this – Week is that not can't just be right. It is right. It's not stacked with just great games everywhere. I don't see a reason why this needs to be a nine fifteen Central start time. Surely it could fit into a two thirty window somewhere. Yeah, that is. It's ESPN. Yeah, that's late, late start. Hey, that's fine with me though. Um, we'll be able to to watch both of those teams whenever we're done with Kent State. So cool. Uh, Oh man, I'll take I'll take Baylor. Don't feel great about it with what the what was the spread you said? Three was... and a half to BYU. Yeah, I'll take Baylor getting some points there. Yeah, I will as well. Don't feel great about it. Text line. Hey Tyler, we sit in section twenty four and saw you under the stadium. Wasn't sure if it was you at first. Then I saw the ref on the back of your shirt. Glad to see you amongst us regular fans. See? Uh, yeah, next people. time you're you're confused on whether or not you're it's Tyler that you're seeing. Giant check guns. The, yeah, check the T-shirt for mustard stains and ketchup <laughs> stains. If you see a stained T-shirt, chances are you have spotted Tyler. I will let you know I had two hot dogs at the game on Saturday, and I didn't spill anything on my shirt. Now, did I use any condiments on my hot dogs as a uh, precautionary to not spill anything on my white T-shirt? Yes. But the fact remains I spilled nothing on myself for the wow. first game day and I don't know how long. So, wow. I'm not the I'm only nervous. one turning over a new leaf in the Brent Venables era. Do you get nervous just, like, getting in line to order a hot dog about what's coming? 
I mean, I almost have a panic attack. Yes. <laughs> like, the nachos always seem like a great option. Bang for your buck. Nachos is the best way to go. I'm but surprised I know nacho wife... cheese is getting all over my shorts. <laughs> I'm surprised your wife doesn't carry uh, some type of bib in her purse for you, tie it on you before you eat. You know what's sad? I'm actually surprised at that as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Quick timeout. Keep the text coming. Final segment coming up next here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107.